everyone, this is Gavin Hammer from Sendable, and today I'm joined by Seth Silvers from StoryOn. Seth, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Cool. I'm really excited to have you on. Um, obviously, as I said before, we started recording, um, I discovered you on LinkedIn, and we've both been talking about storytelling. You know, at Sendable, we're trying to help our agency customers become better storytellers to help their clients be successful. Um, so for those who don't know, can you share a bit about StoryOn and, and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, uh, my company's name is StoryOn. I launched it a little less than four years ago. Uh, so it was mid to late 2015. And for the last four years, my our passion has been to help small businesses market with stories. And so our whole focus has been helping figure out how businesses can market better, but not just with ads, but really kind of authentic, more authentically, more human centric, more story focused marketing campaigns. And so um, I'll be the first to say the last four years has been um, a bit of a challenge of just figuring out the best way to do that. When we jumped into this, we knew that storytelling worked and we knew a lot about marketing, but it was very much, uh, okay, how can we bring these two worlds together to serve um, really purpose driven small businesses? On your website, I saw that you say we help purpose-driven businesses scale by marketing with stories. Um, yep. how, how can you scale through storytelling? Maybe you can share some, some tactics on that. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I, I would say that the scaling side of it comes um, in a sense from unscalable things like consistency. Uh, I think at the end of the day, like so much about marketing and storytelling is just about continuing to be a storyteller and continuing to create great content and great stories and doing it day in and day out. Um, we've seen that work for clients. We've seen that work for our, ourselves. Uh, the, the less consistent that we are, um, the harder it is to grow. And so it's it's strange because in one sense, you know, posting a video every day or telling stories or creating a podcast like that act in and of itself isn't scalable. I think when we think of scale, we think of, you know, doing one thing that can then reach many, many people. And so for this, like for storytelling to work, you really have to keep on doing it. But the result is that once you're consistent and once you continue to do it day in and day out for months or for years and people see that you're around to last people see that they can trust you that you're not just um, trying to snatch their attention with some quick new gimmick then things can begin to scale and so um, the thing that we really want to scale for our clients is trust uh, people buy from who they trust and so we've kind of seen that the people that we trust the most in our lives are the ones who we know their story and so from a marketing approach, our whole focus is what are the stories in your organization and your business that need to be told? How are you making an impact? Whose lives are you impacting, whether it's employees or customers or community members? Um, and how can we build a strategy around consistently telling those stories so that then your services and the attention around your services can begin to scale? Cool. And what, what led you to starting your company? I mean, was it something that triggered this or what were you doing before? Yeah, so before I was the marketing director of a nonprofit and actually had about a decade of experience working in nonprofits. And when I was in college, I, which now is about 10 years ago, I was watching the Super Bowl, uh, which in America is kind of, I guess like the Super Bowl of football, but it's also like the Super Bowl of marketing. 
Um, everybody loves the ads and, you know, it's kind of the moment for the biggest companies to pull out their biggest budgets. Um, so, you know, you have them paying $5 million for 30 second spots and paying some of their agencies half million to million dollar um, budgets just to create a 30 second spot. And so there, there's kind of a lot on the line from a marketing perspective and it's really their opportunity to win us over. And that was what I was what I kind of always look forward to it of is like, okay, this is their chance to win us over and show me why I should support your company. And I was watching it with some friends and uh, I just was underwhelmed. It was like, man, is this really the best of the best with ads? Like, you know, when a company has $5 million to reach people to tell them why we should support them, is, is it really just about, you know, making a funny attention grabbing commercial? And I know that's worked in the past, but I kind of realized that for me, it wasn't working for me. I wanted to know, is this company changing lives? Like, is this company actually making an impact? Because if they're not, I'd rather support a company that is providing a great service, but also is making an impact. And so that day I asked myself the question of what would happen if these businesses begin to tell more stories as opposed to just creating fancy ads. And I didn't know the answer to the question. And so then over the next, I'd say three or four years, I really just began to uh, pursue learning more and more about storytelling, what made stories stick, you know, what uh, caused us to actually remember some of the content pieces and some videos and different things that we see. And also just begin to study and learn all about marketing. Um, just kind of studying those worlds individually so that then they could really come together. And it wasn't, it wasn't until a few years later that I really realized, okay, the time is right to start this now. And where I realized one, yes, this is actually working. There's data to show that people are buying based on stories. So, you know, I know the answer that if these big companies focus their efforts on telling stories at the Super Bowl rather than just creating funny ads that it would work. Um, so that was one thing was realizing, okay, it'll work. And then the second thing for me was kind of coming to the place where I realized, okay, if this is going to work, then, uh, the next question is why aren't people doing it? Why aren't businesses doing it? And so that was really the, when story on got started was when I realized, you know what, I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out, but I do believe that it is going to be better to start this now than 10 years down the road or five years down the road. Like we want to start this journey of figuring out how to market with stories now. And so that was kind of the birth of story on. So you mentioned there that you want to figure out why businesses aren't doing it. Do you have any more insights into why that isn't happening? I think it's just, the biggest thing is it's just different. And, you know, once we're told how things work and, you know, what strategies are passed down. I think it's just easier to do what you've been told and, you know, do what worked for the last guy. And I think that that, you know, that's normal to just kind of do what we've been taught. And the truth is the internet has changed everything. Like the internet has made this current time in history, the greatest time to share a story ever before. Like you can, it's actually possible for me to record a video on my phone and sure it probably won't go viral but it's possible for millions and millions of people to see that in the next day yeah um, and that's incredible and that's never been true or possible before and so i think it's just so different that 
Um, you know, I don't really think it's like a millennial thing versus a baby boomer thing. I think it's just, um, it's just new. And I think that it's, uh, in the business world where we're constantly trying to figure out like, like, okay, what works, what can I rely on to get me more clients? It's much easier to rely on things that we've been told work. Mm. Um, and I think it's hard for people to like, it's, it's a, it's a mindset thing. It's hard for us to recognize that there's actually newer strategies that might work better than, you know, kind of the age old, like going out and networking and going out and, you know, hitting the streets and knocking on doors. And those things are still super valuable, but um, there's new ways to like build trust and build authenticity with our audiences. And um, how did you go about getting your first clients? I mean, how did you bring them on? How did you pitch what you offer to them? How do they understand the value of storytelling? Maybe you can share some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, it, I'll, I'll share my first client in a second, but I'll share my, who I thought was going to be my first client first. Cause I'm sure that a lot of listeners have had similar experiences where you're, you know, you're debating jumping in off a cliff and then you kind of get a informal like yeah we'll hire you when you do that and then you start and they don't hire you Um, because that was one of the things that happened with us and I was talking with a mentor of mine and our original plan and kind of business model which is totally different than what we do now um, was actually to kind of find like purpose-driven companies that were wanting to be making more of an impact and to actually work with them to like establish, help establish connections in their community and kind of initially do some consultation and research and say, Hey, here's the best ways you could be making an impact. And then to kind of facilitate that, um, facilitate some like philanthropic giving for them. And then to tell those stories of the philanthropy. And so we were going to kind of operate off of like, you know, our revenue model was going to be a percent of what the company was giving and different things like that. Um, I, I didn't know that that model kind of exists through a lot of like local foundations and community foundations and different things. Um, but I was meeting with a mentor and he heard this model where it's like, wait, you're going to help me understand how I can make an impact. And then you're going to actually like tell those stories and market it. And it it was a decent size oil company. And I, uh, told them, yeah, like that's what our model is. And he said, I'll hire you like as soon as you launch, I'll hire you. And so, uh, we launched and then like oil, I can't even remember the reason, but oil prices dropped drastically. And so this guy, the value of this person's company and all of a sudden went way down. And so they kind of had to pull back expenses and it just totally changed their season. And so (laughs) right away, like I'd quit my job and everything. So I was just like, what are we going to do? Um, and so the first, the first client, really just came from talking to our like close, like warm network about it, you know, talking to friends and family, informing them about what we did. And before I knew it, my dad had told an old friend of mine who who was at the church I grew up in and their nonprofit ended up hiring us. Um, And then there was within the first about two months, we had three or four clients that were paying us monthly to kind of actually help them with um, online content marketing um, and actually producing some of those stories. And so uh, when people heard, oh, cool, you market with stories, they were like, okay, you know, we have this content, we have these stories, will you help us, you know, use these to get to get new leads and stuff? And and that was kind of before, 
I would say that was right kind of before like the popularity of like the sales funnel kind of reemerged. So there was a lot of like missing gaps, like HubSpot was still pretty new on the market and stuff, but there was, um, as far as like connecting all of the dots of like online content to landing pages, to drip campaigns, like I feel like the industry was still kind of like fragmented, um, and stuff. And so those first few clients were really hard because we were doing like different pieces of the puzzle of online marketing. And so it was, really hard to get results at first because we were, you know, we were just publishing a lot of good online content, but we didn't really have it connected to like effective, like follow-up or an effective like drip campaign or conversion campaign or anything. So is it, is it different now? Because obviously from, I mean, to understand the, the power of storytelling, you obviously can't always measure the success of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're building a brand through storytelling and, and that kind of thing, I mean, like do your clients want to see a return on investment or do they just believe in you building their brand and, driving more traffic eventually to the websites? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, It's easier now to see an ROI just because of a lot of the tools out there, whether it's your, you know, your companies like ClickFunnels or Kajabi or, you know, all the different like email campaign companies out there. Like it's easier to kind of have the pieces in place to actually be able to track like a, the journey from somebody watching something to somebody clicking to them going somewhere to them taking you up on an offer and tracking that whole process. I think it's just more sophisticated now and which means it's cheaper for people to like use those tools. So I think that is easier, but that was another huge problem we had was I would say for the first two years we were creating really good content for our clients, but, uh, you know, they were low paying clients that didn't have a ton of money for advertising. And so it was solely organic content. And so, um, with that, like organic content, I think every company should be producing a lot of organic stories and videos and media and stuff, but it takes a long time. Like organic content is very much a long game. And so that was a challenge was we were just producing organic content and so the time that it would take to get the results they needed was much longer because they weren't investing in advertising um, and stuff. So that was kind of a journey that we had to go through because we lost several clients where they're like, man, we love this. We love the content, but we don't have the patience. Like we need to do something that will get us results quicker um, and stuff. So the long game of storytelling, it's a hard sell because mm-hmm. the reality is you you should start telling stories yesterday and you should keep doing it for the next few years. And it's hard to sell that on that alone to, to small businesses that are struggling to find marketing budgets. Mm. And have you seen any benefits of sort of storytelling through let's say social ads? Yeah, no, I think, I think both, I think both are great. I think that best case scenario is you can be um, doing all of them. Uh, uh, several of our clients like, you know, we'll be producing a lot of organic content, for them, um, you know, multiple or original pieces of content every week. And then, you know, because we're producing a higher quantity of online content for them, we're able to track and see what stories are actually connecting with people and then use those as some of the social ad campaigns and stuff. So it's good too, because producing a lot of organic content and organic stories really does give you the ammo to, be able to see which ones are connecting as opposed to, you know, storytelling being like a one time a year thing where you spend, you know, 10 grand once a year telling a two minute story that you think is good, but that your audience might actually 
not really like and stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, the more at bats that we get, the more opportunities we take, the more pieces of original content we post, all of that is data to be able to see which of these pieces of content are actually going to perform well in social ad campaigns. Mm. And how do you go about sourcing the stories from your clients? So we've actually, we've been mostly producing them. Um, we've kind of been mostly in, in the realm, I would say the last four years, most of our clients have been local. And so we've kind of been handling a lot of the production. Um, we've noticed that that is kind of the, I guess the best way for us to guarantee the quality of them, but it also provides a million other challenges and stuff. So I don't think that we've had that great of an answer to like getting clients to source their own stories and stuff. But, um, our local clients, like we'll meet with them every, typically every two or three months. And we'll kind of have like a half day to a two thirds day shoot, um, where we actually, you know, work with them to orchestrate kind of bringing the right people in and capturing a lot of those stories that then we can spread out over the next few months for content, um, and whatnot. And we're beginning to switch or we're beginning to offer more services that help people and help businesses that they just don't have the budget to actually hire a production team because most don't. And so we're working on developing more services to actually help kind of guide them through and teach small business owners how to create their own stories and how, you know, even if it's on your phone, like if you don't have a fancy camera, how can you make the most of that and how can you tell stories um, on a regular basis that are still quality and really valuable for your audience. So we're working on that right now, I'd say. Okay. Uh, um, so mm. I, I saw that you, you mentioned something about a sort of 10 day live storytelling challenge. Yeah. Could you explain more about that? Yeah. So we have a 10 day live storytelling challenge, like you mentioned. Um, it's a free challenge that we invite anybody, any business owner, entrepreneur, marketer to take part in. And so what we did is uh, we created this challenge for me first off, because I realized uh, I need, I need to take my own advice. Like I'm, <laughs> I've been good at being a consultant for other companies and stuff, but uh, we had kind of fallen into the realm that many marketing agencies do, which is uh, you are a horrible, marketed marketing company um <laughs> yeah and i think that we've all we've all seen that at times like somebody trying to convince you to hire them to do a website and their website sucks um and so in the last year we've really looked at okay how can what are the best ways for us to start modeling this um and i realized i need to be doing video content that is not perfectly produced more regularly like i need to be more comfortable but i ran into some common feelings that we all have like you know what like i don't know about going live like that makes me nervous what if i mess up like i don't know if i could do it every day kind of feeling like you know no i need a production like i need somebody that can edit it and all this stuff and so i kind of just knew i, I pictured myself sitting across the table from another business owner in my shoes and i knew that my advice would be for the next 10 days or 30 days you should go live on facebook every day like you know, right now the algorithms love, the platforms love live video. Um, they love that interaction. So the reach is good on them. Um, and so I knew that that would be my advice. And so I thought about it. Okay, I'm going to invite other people to do this with me because I know that otherwise I know myself. I know I'll be really excited for day one and two and three. And then by day four, 
I'll start thinking like, ah, you know what? Like, I don't really need to do it today. Nobody will notice if I do it tomorrow. Um, so it's like, I need accountability. And so then we started thinking, okay, let's make a challenge out of this. Let's turn this into something really valuable. So we got some feedback from other people and other business owners. We um, created initially 10 really short videos and then 10 kind of graphics that have like talk, the talking points for each day. And we kind of, I built out, uh, what does it look like for me to tell the story of what I'm doing in 10 parts over 10 days? And so it's a really simple challenge kind of designed for business owners and marketers that are wanting to get into this storytelling world, but they maybe have like some nerves behind it. You know, maybe you're not comfortable on video and you need to boost your confidence. Uh, maybe your audience doesn't exactly know what you do um, and kind of address some of those challenges. And so we just made it as easy as possible. So you check your email every morning, you go to our Facebook group every morning and there's a quick video and a quick thing that literally says, Hey, you know, today's focus is about talking about what you do in one sentence. Like here's your talking points. And another day is about addressing misconceptions. And another day we invite you to actually like bring one of your clients on to the live video with you and we make it really really easy and the funny thing and the secret behind it is the whole goal of it is i would say the secondary goal of it is to get clients and and you will get clients like you'll get people that engage with your business because of these 10 live videos you do but the real thing is it's the goal of it is to get the business owner or the marketer more comfortable creating organic unpolished video. Um, and so at the end of the 10 days, most of the people that have done that have done it over the last few weeks, they've all said like, man, I'm going to be doing this more regularly. This helped me become more confident. This helped me, you know, not worry about what other people think, not worry about it being perfect. So that really is one thing that we do and a challenge that we do that the whole goal is to get people to realize that things don't have to be perfect. Like consistency is more important than perfection when it comes mm -hmm. to storytelling. And so that's really what we've been focusing on of the last few weeks with this 10 day live storytelling challenge. And um, do, do you teach any sort of storytelling techniques or how to structure a story? Yeah, we do. We go, we go into it pretty, pretty minorly in this challenge just because we didn't really want it to be, you know, a full fledged online course um, or whatnot. But yeah, we do uh, like the most important storytelling, I guess, tip that I think business owners need to know is that they're really that their role in the story is like the guide and that the center point of the story is actually around their customer. And so we talk about that. We, we walk people through understanding that, Hey, like this story is not actually about you. It's about your customer. It's about them being the hero and you kind of helping walk them through that. And so we do give some of those techniques um, throughout the 10 day challenge. We just don't go super into detail so that it really can stay something that's just like it's 10 minutes a day. And for our audience, I mean, are there any sort of tips that have stuck with you through the years in terms of structuring a story? Any takeaways for them to use? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one, and this has kind of gained popularity in the last four years, uh, is kind of the heroes following the hero's journey storyline, which for people who are not familiar with it, this is the storyline that uh, pretty much every popular film or book over the last few hundred years has followed, which the, the storyline is 
there's a character who goes on a journey uh, who encounters a problem, you know, this character then runs into a guide who can empathize with them. And that guide gives them a plan. The character, you know, works through that plan and either succeeds or fails. Super simple storyline. The biggest problem is that most business owners are telling the story as if they are the hero. And it's, ba- it's really small language things that change this. So it's like kind of hard to diagnose, but it's the difference between, um, you know, you at Sendable going in and talking to somebody and saying, we have the best platform ever. We created it. You know, you've had all these problems as a business owner. And like, now that we're here, now that our platform is here, like, you know, you're good. Like, can you, you're the hero swooping in and saving the day, as opposed to going to somebody and saying, Hey, we're like positioning yourself as the guide. Like, Hey, what you do as a business owner is incredible. The online content you're creating is amazing and impactful, but uh, we created our platform just to help make it easier for you to get it in front of the people that need to hear it. Just like little language changes are positioning you as a guide that's walking somebody through their journey as opposed to you being the hero that comes in and saves the day. And so I think that's one really simple tactic that people need to understand is uh, this story is not about you. Uh, the story's about your customer and you have to know who your dream customer is and what journey they're on and what their dreams look like and what resources or tools or products or services do you have as a business that can help guide them on their journey. And so I think that's the most important thing. There's a couple other like little things that, you know, I think everybody needs to be able to describe what they do in one sentence. Um, and I think it needs to be really, really simple. And so there's some things around like simplicity and storytelling that I think, you know, people think stories have to be this big complicated thing and, um, they just, they just don't, and they just shouldn't be like, they should be really simple and really brief and stuff. So those are a few thoughts, but yeah, there's, there's so much, there's so many, yeah, I love the storytelling world because there's Mm. so many conversations right now happening around how do we actually tell stories better? Yeah. And uh, is anyone that you sort of following or anyone that's been influential in your thinking on this topic and um, anyone you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, Seth Godin's work has always been refreshing to me. Um, I would say uh, just in his approach on marketing. Um, as far as storytelling goes, uh, I definitely think, you know, I think, kind of the the common book about it is Donald Miller's story brain book. I think that for people that have never heard of this concept of the hero's journey, that book does give a really good kind of 30,000 foot view of what that looks like for your business. Um, But honestly, the cool thing about stories is we're surrounded by them. And so um, I pay attention to stories all the time and how they're being told. And I'm kind of just like a student of that. I was last night watching watching stranger things uh with uh my wife and with one of our friends and i like pointed out a few little things and she's like man you pay attention to things i don't even pay attention to and so it's like i feel like i i try and learn from every show every book that we see um and then another another one that's been monumental for me is uh chip and dan heath the heath brothers work uh, and particularly one book they have called Made to Stick that talks about how do we actually, like it dives into why do some ideas stick 
and why do others like fall away? And they talk about some really good storytelling concepts in their work. Cool. Um, and are there any, any tools that you, that you simply can't live without when it comes to running your, your business? Yes. Um, it's not a tool, but, uh, my business coach, I think having somebody who's kind of gone through running a business to meet with on a monthly basis and talk through problems and just be an outside perspective. That's something that I wish I would have hired on day number one. Um, I think other tools, uh, I've recently been using toggle, which is like a time tracker just to keep track of our projects and stuff. And just having that data of how you're spending your time every day is super informative and is kind of becoming irreplaceable. Um, and whatnot. Uh, and then, yeah, there's one tool called frame.io, uh, that we've in the last few months really, it's really kind of upped our client experience as far as how we're delivering, uh, when we are producing stories for people, how are we actually delivering that content to them for them to review the stories in like a way that just has a beautiful like user interface and stuff. And so that was, that was really good because beforehand we were like using Google docs and different things. And so that's made it really easy to just in like a better experience for our clients to actually review content that uh, you kind of don't know your methods are subpar until you see something else. Um, you kind of like, you don't realize it until you're in a new interface and you're like, wow, this is actually how things should be. So that's yeah. been a, that's been a big tool for us. Uh, what do you think social media will look like five years from now? I think it'll value original consistency more. I think like right now the big challenge is the algorithms can't really like, they can't really filter through like originality. And so YouTube, you know, is cluttered with a bunch of people that are posting every day, but they're posting crappy stuff. Like they're post like, so like bots are making their videos. And, um, I, I think that that stuff will, you know, kind of fade away more. And I think the platforms will figure out how to actually like reward the people that are like authentically and originally creating good content on a regular basis. And I think it'll separate from the, like the AI and the bots that are just kind of pushing a ton of stuff out. Um, and your podcast, the small business storytellers, um, I'm just curious, like, how did you get that going? I mean, how did you build an audience? Yeah, I th start and keep doing it is really, I think the best advice there is. Um, and then I think with us, like quality held me back for a long time. And like, you know, you hear these podcasts that are so heavily produced and um, you think like, well, I can't do that. And for us, we've, we've grown to define quality as just doing the best we can with what we have. And, you know, the gear we have, the time we have will probably be different a year from now than it is now. And so we just have to know, like, you know, do the best that we can and, and keep doing it. But, um, we're still figuring out the audience thing. I think we're only like 15 episodes in and, you know, we've seen the value of consistency um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we are committed to doing it for a couple of years. And so it's not something that, um, I wasn't really that interested in, you know, kind of trying to like get all these famous people on right away to leverage their platforms because the audience for our podcast is small business owners 
mostly that people don't know and showing people that there's amazing business owners all around you. And so for us, like we just had to be true to who's our audience and what kind of content do they want and, you know, trust that even though our, our listenership is pretty low right now, trust that over time we know how things work. And as you produce great content over time and keep doing it, Mm. things, things tend to trend up. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for being on our, on our podcast today. Um, where can people follow your journey online, Seth? Yeah, that's a, thank you so much for having, having me on that. I would say for our, our podcast is called small business storytellers and that's a great place to go. But then also I would encourage you and anybody listening to do the 10 day live storytelling challenge. And if you just go to www.successwithstories.com, then you can sign up for that challenge. It's totally free. And uh, we've kind of done all the legwork to make it easy. So that's, that's the best place to kind of start the journey uh, with us is successwithstories.com. Thank you.